Amen. I want to see some more of our children get the Holy Ghost. Amen. You don't have to be older to get the Holy Ghost. Charity was four when she got the Holy Ghost. Some of you, who knows what age you were, but you were probably young when you got it. Amen. God is able to fill us whenever we surrender to Him, whenever we trust in Him. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost today. Amen. We don't need less church. We don't need less prayer. We don't need less God in these days. We need more of Him. Amen. We need more of Him. And I'm glad He's here. I'm glad He wants to fill us today. I'm glad He wants to heal us today. I'm glad He wants to give us strength for the journey today. Amen. He's come to give us strength. Amen. He's come to increase our faith today. If we'll, if we'll listen to Him in the next few moments, we'll leave change today. Amen. Acts 5, Acts 5, 19. Amen. Amen. Let's not uh, lose the spirit of worship and, and atmosphere of seeking God in the next few moments as we go to the word of the Lord. We want to just continue to receive from the spirit of God. We want to continue to receive the promises of his word with gladness, with joy. Amen. I don't want to argue with his word. I don't want to disqualify his word. I want to agree with his word today. Amen. Acts 5.19 says, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors. Amen. Everybody say, opened the prison doors. And brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Amen. Of this life. God not only wants to set us free today, but He wants to set us free for a purpose. And that's to go and speak to others about the words of this life. Amen. There is no greater life than being born again of the water and the spirit. There's no greater life than the abundant life Jesus has given. And he wants us to be free so we can tell others about it. Amen. Psalm 18.2. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Amen. Nobody knew what the message was going to be today that chose the songs, but I believe God has been speaking to us even through the worship. He is our deliverer today. Amen? God is my deliverer today. He can set me free. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. That's why we're here at church, because we trust Him. My buckler or my shield, my protector, the horn of my salvation. My high tower, amen, that I can run to and I can be safe today, amen. We can come into his presence and find safety. We can come to his presence away from all the things of life that are distracting us and, and coming against us today, all the, the things that are causing us pain or all the things that are making us weary. We're in the shelter of his presence today. We have walked into the tower that is above all of our enemies, the high tower Amen. We found refuge today in His presence. Amen. Lord, we thank You today that You are our protection. You're our provider. You're our shield today. Amen. That what we are feeling in this place is not just human emotion. And we're not here just going through a religious exercise today, but we've come and we have come into contact with the Almighty God. 
The spirit that dwells in all time and space. The spirit that stepped forth into the darkness and said, let there be light. That same spirit is here speaking to hearts, speaking to minds today. In the next few minutes, Lord, we surrender to you. And Lord, I ask and I believe that you will speak to hearts. Let revelation flow throughout this place today. That it won't just be words of a man. That your spirit will minister through me the words of life. That your spirit will quicken us today to believe you for greater things than we've ever believed you for before. That hope will rise up in us today. That joy and peace will rise up in us today. A calm assurance, a blessed assurance that says everything is going to be all right. Amen. Everything is going to be all right. As long as I let Jesus be in charge. As long as I follow him, everything is going to be all right today. Amen. Everything's going to be all right. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe before you see it, just turn to someone and say you're glad to see him in the house of the Lord today and tell him God is going to deliver you. Amen. God's going to set you free. Amen. God is here today. To set the captives free. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you who were here a couple weeks ago, we were in Acts chapter 5, and verses 11 through 25 is where we'll look in a moment. But the beginning of the chapter of five, chapter 5, it's a very sober and somber situation where Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost. And lost their lives immediately. Acts chapter 5 and verse 11 tells us the result of this. It says, Great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And not fear in the sense that they were just afraid of God, and they, he was some uh, foe or some enemy that was looking to destroy their life, but a reverence came upon them. An awe came upon them that caused them to examine their lives and say, am I truly dedicating myself to him? Sometimes in church, we don't have as much reverence as we should for the things of God. But we need to re remember and understand that God is an awesome God. That all the earth should stand in awe of him. That whatever he wants me to do, I should want to do. Not just because he wants me to do it, but because it's what's best for me. And this word fear, part of the definition says, as a wife reverences her husband. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. We should reverence Jesus, the husband of his church. We should respect him above all else. And as a result, verse 12 tells us, by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Amen. Not, not false things, not man-made things, not tricks and cloaks and daggers, but true signs and wonders and miracles from Almighty God. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest did not join himself to them. The rest, this word durst is a weird word, but no man joined himself to them. It just means that people that weren't serious about being a Christian didn't dare join the church. 
Because they saw what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They saw what hypocrisy produced. And they said, unless I'm serious, I'm going to stay away from that. But the people magnified them. And believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Amen. I'm not believing the Lord for just a a trickle of souls where maybe one or two people more in Beaverton will be saved and then the rest of us can just kind of, we can just survive until Jesus comes. I believe it's the will of God that multitudes would be saved. Multitudes would come into the kingdom of God. In so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them in beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing might overshadow some of them. They were in such a mode of faith for healing and deliverance that they just figured if Peter would just pass by and his shadow would cross over them, they could be healed. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about into Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And that's what I'm referencing today is being vexed. If we're tired of the situation we're in, we have a deliverer today. If you're not vexed by whatever's having you bound, you're not going to find deliverance. If you're not tired of it, you're not going to be delivered. It's like a, someone standing at the jail, opening the door, and you say, I like this cell. I just got a brand new mattress in here. I've been waiting for this mattress for months. I'm not going to leave now. This is way too comfortable for me. And as ridiculous as that sounds, that is what every person who is not saved is saying. I like my jail cell. I'm comfortable in my prison. But when we get vexed by unclean spirits, because unclean spirits are seeking to steal, kill, and destroy every one of us. It's not hocus pocus. It's not weird. It's just the reality there is a spirit realm. And we have an enemy and an opposition that would try to destroy our souls. And when we become vexed by it and we cry out to God, we will be delivered. It says they were healed, every one. Amen. Everyone that was vexed was healed. Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with them which is a sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. They were angry that the kingdom of God was advancing, that people were being set free. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. I'm glad the apostles didn't tuck tail and run. We might get put back in jail if we keep on preaching. Why don't we just take vacation? God will understand. We're saved. Let's just be quiet. Or maybe we can teach a, a quiet home Bible study to somebody. Or nobody else knows about it. But they went into the public temple. Early in the morning, where they knew other people would be that would find out the ones that put them in jail were going to hear about this. The high priest came. 
Verse 17 told us the high priest was the one who was angry. The high priest comes to the temple and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. The council gets together and they said, go get those men we locked up last night. But when the officers came, found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, the prison truly found, again, King James, I'm kind of hard to read, the prison truly found we shut. In other words, the doors were shut. It was all locked up. The keepers were even standing there in front of the doors, but when they opened up, they found no man within. Because the angel, as we read, had delivered them and brought them out. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Those guys we locked up last night, they're standing at the temple doing exactly what you told them not to do. Preaching the word of the Lord. Preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know how they got out. The guards were standing there in place. The doors were shut and locked. But somehow, they're missing, and now we found them, and they're in the temple preaching the word of the Lord. I don't understand how God always does it. It doesn't always make sense. But God is a deliverer. God is the one who opens the prison door. Psalm 18, David gives us insight to times when the Lord delivered him. And many of us could agree today as we look back on our life. It says in Psalm 18:1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. How many times have we been without strength and went to the presence of God and found strength? It's not because I'm stronger than other people. I have a better willpower. It's not because I'm smarter. It's because I found a secret place where God will give me strength. The Lord, he is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom will I will trust. He is my buckler, my protector, my shield. He's the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Therefore, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. David understood all I got to do is lift up my voice and begin to call upon the name of the Lord and I shall be saved. The sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. David knew what fear was. He knew what it was to literally run for his life. The sorrows of hell, the enemy of our souls, the spiritual opposition that we taste in our own lives at times, compassed David about the snares of death, prevented him. But he says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. And cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him. Even into his ears. David knew that all he had to do to be delivered. Was call on God. 
It's that simple. Call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. Amen. Don't go and buy a gallon of ice cream and think that's going to be good. You're stressed, you're worried, you're anxious, you got no money, buying ice cream won't help. It might taste good, but eventually the spoon hits the bottom of the container and then you're just mad you had so many calories. Then there's a a sorrow that follows. If not that, your stomach is going to hurt. Judges 3.9 says, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. You see a theme here. The Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel. Judges 3.15. When the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer. Amen. This is multiple instances. The children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and the Lord raised up a deliverer. If we want to be delivered, we have to lift up our voice. We have to call upon the Lord. We have to pray. I don't know why we're so thick-headed. Maybe I'll just talk about me, okay? But you get in that place of oppression, and we don't think about, have I prayed lately? Have I actually looked at the Scriptures lately? Most often, that's the problem. There's a, a meme that, it's, I can't remember the guy's name. He's a talk show host, and, and it says, uh, you say you don't have time to read your Bible. And he says, but your Netflix browsing history says you do. I don't have time to pray. I guarantee you have some time somewhere. Perhaps the greatest story of deliverance is found in Exodus chapter 3. If we've been around the Lord and the church for a long time at all, we understand this story, but it's good to revisit it from time to time. God delivered his people from Israel, or delivered Israel from Egypt. Exodus 3, 7 says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. God sees what we're going through. And he heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Canaanites. And the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Cellulites. No, that's not on there. The Hivites and the Jebusites. All the ites. And termites and others. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I'm sensing a pattern. I'm really slow but even I can get this. A cry of the children of Israel is coming unto him. I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. 
Come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I got a job for you, Moses. Deliver my people. Go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And this nation of Egypt was a powerful nation. They were not going to just let the children of Israel walk out. They enjoyed the labor they received from the, their slavery. God declares, let my people go through Moses. And then begins this process where they go back and forth. A miracle, a seeming deliverance, and then Pharaoh changes his mind and enslaves them again. Sometimes people are delivered right away, but sometimes it takes many miracles. It seems like we're beyond it, and then we get enslaved again, right? Something happens, and we get tripped up again. We fall back, and we're saying, how did I get here again? Just understand, if you continue to call upon the Lord, just like in the book of Exodus, God will continue to deliver you. He will continue to set you free. The Bible is not a, just a storybook of parables. These things literally happened. The children of Israel were finally set free on the tenth and final plague. They were instructed to take the blood of the lamb and apply it to their doorstep. To the posts of their doors, rather. So that when the death angel passed through the land, they would be saved from judgment. If the blood was applied, the death angel kept flying. But if the blood was missing, death visited their house. And their firstborn's life was taken. It's important to follow God's instructions. If somebody decided that night, you know what? God is a loving God, and I don't think he really is going to, you know, kill the firstborn if I don't put the blood on the... It's not a big deal. They woke up with sorrow because God fulfills his word. But every house... Was it too much to ask? Take a lamb... Take the blood, apply it to the door. Is that something that anybody can do? I'm glad God doesn't put salvation out of reach. He just requires us to obey. Naaman, go dip in the river seven times. Is that too hard? I don't think that's too hard to go to the river and dip seven times. And as a result, because he obeyed, he was immediately made whole and cleansed of his leprosy. But in our human nature, we like to argue with the word of God. Simple instructions. Anybody can do it. But we choose to do our own thing. Those that listened that night were spared judgment. Those who ignored the command woke up with their firstborn deceased in the night. Finally, Pharaoh said, you know what? Take whatever you want and leave. God had delivered them. They got down the road a ways, and Pharaoh changed his mind. Big surprise. 
The Lord led them to a place where the Red Sea was in front of them, mountains were beside them, and Pharaoh was coming down behind them. They were completely surrounded, and all they could do was look up. All they could do was look to the Lord. And thankfully, the Lord heard them, and he said unto Moses, as some of you are aware, if you know the story, he stretched out his rod in the Red Sea, parted. The children of Israel crossed, but then Pharaoh and his army followed, and the waters drowned them in the sea. So when they got to the other side of the water, they were able to rejoice because their past taskmaster was gone, buried in the waters of the Red Sea. Then they began to follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night to get direction from the Lord. But unfortunately, their unbelief set in. And what should have been an 11-day journey from Egypt to the promised land turned into 40 years of walking in circles. They were delivered, but they couldn't believe God to go against the giants of the promised land. We've got to believe God for more. We've got to quit looking at it in the natural. We've got to quit thinking, well, we're saved. We made it out of Egypt. Let's just hang on. We just walk in circles until Jesus comes. I don't want to do that. And I don't think you want to do that. God wants us to go into the land and take the promises, to take dominion in our city. One of the greatest acts of deliverance in recent history occurred on January 1st of 1863. We were approaching our third year of a bloody civil war, and the great president, Abraham Lincoln, issued what's known as the Emancipation Proclamation. He used 1,754 words to declare all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states shall be set free and remain free. All persons held as slaves within these rebellious states shall be set free and remain free. But Abraham Lincoln, as great as he was, was not the greatest emancipator. About 1,900 years before that, a baby born in Bethlehem, 33 years later, climbed a hill called Calvary, hung on the cross, and in three short words, uttered the greatest emancipation proclamation, it is finished it is finished we're privileged Americans today to be free I'm here by choice you're here by choice you may think you're an employer is difficult but it's free will employment you can walk away at any day. You can quit your job. And they're not going to follow you with a whip and beat you. We are free 
from the taskmaster of slavery in the physical. But more and more people are medicating themselves every day. They're trying to drown out stress, anxiety, pain from abuse, anger, depression, loneliness. They're trying to use alcohol. They're trying to use legal and illegal drugs. They're trying to pursue relationship after relationship after relationship, but they remain enslaved. And all of us, to one degree or another, are slaves to the taskmaster called sin. Just like the children in Egypt, God can deliver us. But we've got to have the blood applied to our lives. We've got to let Jesus Christ, his blood be applied to our lives. And we can't make up the method we can't decide how it's done. We've got to follow his instructions. And just like God's blood led them out, the, the lamb's blood back then, the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, can lead us out of Egypt. And just like he led them through the Red Sea, the water there represents baptism. We can be baptized in Jesus' name. And just like their oppressors were washed away, all of our sins are washed away. But if we don't pass through the water, the enemy will catch us and come upon us and destroy us. We can't outrun our past without Jesus Christ. But no matter how great our past, we can go through the waters of baptism and see our enemy destroyed in the water. It's important, it's essential. It's not just a public confession of faith. It's obeying the plan of salvation. How to be set free from sin. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. I've had a lot of sins, and I need them washed away. And just like the Lord gave them direction through a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, he's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us through life, to bring us outside of sin and into his promises, into abundant life, to a land that flows with milk and honey. And that's not just talking about heaven. I believe that's talking about walking victoriously here in this life. God is a deliverer today. But we've got to call upon him. We've got to obey him. If you're happy with everything in your life today, praise God. That's awesome. I rejoice with you. You must be walking with the Lord. You must be doing well, and that's great. But if there is any part of you that is under oppression today, all you have to do is cry out to him and be delivered. Because God is able. Amen.
we can stand today. Sometimes we overcomplicate things. As I said, you know, Naaman, for example, could have decided that, you know what? I've got leprosy and this person's telling me to dip in a river seven times. This isn't going to work. This is just ridiculous. I'm Naaman. I'm a man of power and prestige. I'm not going to obey this. Or he could have went and he could have dipped two or three times and saw no change and said, you know what? This isn't working. After six times, there was no change. But when he dipped the seventh time and came back up again, his skin was clean of all leprosy because he obeyed. He just obeyed. Acts 2 tells us it shall come to pass, Acts 2.21, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's nobody disqualified in that statement. Whosoever. That means whoever will do it. Whoever will actually do it. Why aren't more people getting saved? Because there's not more people calling on his name. It's not that God doesn't love them. It's not that he doesn't want to save them. It's they're not following directions. They're saying Egypt is okay. I might get hit with the whip every once in a while, but I got room and board. I got food. They're not, they don't want freedom enough. I want to be delivered today. I want to be set free. And if you would like to join me, all you have to do is begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Nobody needs to worry about anybody else right now. This is not about anybody in particular. Just because you're calling on the Lord doesn't mean you're some horrible person. It means you're human. It means you're wise. It means you're deciding, I'm going to call upon the Lord today so I can be saved, so I can be set free. Lord, I don't want to live in oppression. I don't want to be depressed all the time. I don't want to be stressed out all the time. I don't want to be full of anxiety all the time. Instead of taking all this stuff that is prescribed to me, I want to also try to just call upon you, Jesus. Instead of looking to alcohol or to drugs or other things, I want to look to you, Jesus. You're my Savior. You're the one who died on the cross. You're the one who shed your blood. You're the one who is my Savior. I choose to look to you today, Jesus. I firmly believe if every person in Beaverton right now was to lift up their hands and begin to cry out to Jesus, His Spirit would descend and He would pour out on His Spirit all over this city. Because He doesn't turn away any hungry people. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good He is. It's about how good He is today. He loves you. He loves me. He's just waiting for someone to say, Lord, save me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. You led the children of Israel out of Egypt. You can lead me out of my bondage. 
You can lead me out of my sin. Help me today, Jesus. Help me today, Jesus. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Whosoever will call on the Lord shall be saved. As you begin to call upon Him today, you may begin to to feel something rising up in you, something you maybe have never felt before called the Spirit of God. As we read the Bible and as we have, many of us have experienced, when God fills us with His Spirit, we begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. This is not something we teach people how to do. This is not something we, we fake and we play with. This is as the Spirit of God begins to fill us. He gives us a, an unknown tongue that we would speak in the Spirit. That can be in your life today if you'll receive it. It's not complicated. It's not something you have to go through six classes and get a diploma and and then you can get it. It's not something where you shake the pastor's hand and then all of a sudden you can get it. It's between you and God where you just begin to call upon his name. And you say, Jesus, I need the Holy Ghost. Lord, I got to have the Holy Ghost. I need to be born again of water and spirit so that I can enter into your kingdom, oh God. I want to be set free, Jesus. I want to be set free. I want to be set free. By His stripes we are healed. By His stripes we're healed today. By His nail-pierced hands we're free. We're made free. 